Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. I think the the thing to take away from it more is because the vast majority of people have not wrestled, Jake. I think we both know this. Yeah, yeah. But, but, what I, but I do want to say that the thing I want people to hold on to in this is like life whether or not you like it is an individual sport. What you do has nothing to do with me. As much as I wish I could blame Jake for how bad my life sucks, how much I can't get the thing I want, no matter what, it's like, go and take inventory of your calendar. Go look at the way you spend your time, your money, your effort, your energy, right? And, and look at the way that you present yourself into the world as the person that you are and have a willingness to look in that mirror, man, because that was the pivotal changing point for me too. And, and look, I don't want to be preachy because people have heard this before, but it's like, listen to this show, pay attention to people's stories like, like yours, Jake, because we all have something in common. We all had to get the fuck out of our own way. hundred percent dude. Like, but so here's the other angle to that though, right? The thing that took me a while to learn as well. So I do think wrestling is probably, for me, is and grappling and martial arts, the greatest personal development tool that I ever really got involved with in the first place, right? So it, it's that, what this is what I call the five pillars of greatness. I don't know. I'm, I'm listening to too much of this personal development, so I'm coming up with my own. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. So okay, so, tell me the five so, pillars. <laughs> so you're speaking my language. So the first is like that get real, right? That rock bottom, that man in the mirror moment. The second is, is um, getting obsessed. The third is taking calculated risks, right? Which I think hopefully we've talked about all of these. Uh, the next one is that massive action. And the thing that I was missing out the most that I've recently come to, and maybe it's as I approach 50 and my testosterone decreases, or I don't know what the hell, or because I got so many major injuries, I can't really do what I used to do. But people, people is the fifth pillar and I had ignored it for a long time. Mm. Because I wanted to do everything myself. Because exactly what you said, people let me down all the time. Nobody worked as hard as me. Didn't do it the way I did it to the, my standards. And I did a lot of great stuff with those first four pillars. I did a lot of cool stuff. Like I said, I started the Mace 
the whole fitness mace movement, which still blows my mind to this day. I'm like, I still have to be like, oh, that was me. I, dude, I saw some video on YouTube or it might've been TikTok, a real, whatever these things are the other day. And I meant to send it to you and I was like in passing and it was, it had like 500,000 views and it was, or maybe you posted it. It was a girl with a mace, just like doing this mace work. I was like, I know the guy who made that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? Like I'm like, I still am like, wow. So I was having massive impact, but I mean, I want like really massive. I want legacy, dude. I want to die and have my like immortality. I don't want physical immortality. I want my to live on for like generations, right? Like that's what I want. That's crazy. Yeah, but your is impact. Yeah. So, but that's going to take people. And that is that fifth pillar is you have to really learn to be a leader. And here's the irony. So going back on my story to when I was in college and I am, I ended up going to college. So when I got sick, it, I think I was a sophomore. It was between sophomore and junior year. I got sick and I just was like, I can't be physical right now. So I doubled down on academics and I did great. Okay. Because I didn't have anything else to do. Right. I ended up going to University of Colorado on a scholarship. First person in my family to go to college. First person to get a scholarship, like, like awesome. Okay. I go on a leadership call. It's a super prestigious leadership scholarship, right? Only like, I think it's like 50 out of the 10,000 incoming freshmen get chosen to be in this program. And I'm in this leadership program and I'm a loser, dude. I'm like doing drugs. I'm like, pick it the easy way out. And I get in this leadership and here, my buddy, who's just this scrappy little skateboarding kid is getting mobilizing all these people to build skate parks and do all this stuff, right? And <clears throat> that was the real lesson for me is if I want to have big impact, like thrasher mm. level impact, right? Jake Phelps, the guy who ran it, who my friend took over from, like that guy blew that up. It's live past his life, right? Like that's where I'm wanting to go with scientific wrestling and my all this crazy that I do. So I think I might have done that with the mace but the mace was just kind of a side project. That was like luck in a way. Mm. I mean, I did it and I, it was designed, but also it wasn't my intention. I was aiming, I was aiming over here and I hit over here. Yeah. Right. Like, so I'm like, okay, I need to do this with the wrestling thing. And that's going to take people. So that is where the leadership component comes in. And that's not something I do think that you have, I've started now in the last probably five or six years, really taking that serious. Like, how do I get people to actually get into what I'm doing? And how do I create a mutually, a positive sum game? What Grant Cardone calls the winner's exchange. Okay, that's awesome. But it's just a simple idea of win-win. Mm -hmm. How do I align people's interests with my interest? Like with what I want to do. So that's really where I've gone in the business of this. To me, business is an ethical system. It's a moral system, right? Because I look at like human interaction I can either, it's, I like your, your unbroken shirt and I can either trick you or, and steal it from you somehow or coconut you on the head and take it. Or I can give you 20 bucks. And if the shirt is worth less than the 20 bucks I have, you give it to me. Your shirt's worth more than the 20 bucks. I, and we're both a win-win. We're both happy for the exchange. That is where I've been spending the last five or six years almost entirely in business. So Outside of the, the wrestling is like my obsession. The wrestling is what has educated me, what has um, fulfilled me and is my life purpose. But just like I said, I'm aiming for that and I hit elsewhere. 
Like I've started all these other companies and like I started the first reverse mortgage consultancy. When you think about this journey for yourself and the path that it's now laid in front of you, how can people who have these massively abusive experiences in life and they haven't yet stepped into their power, they haven't yet stepped into the ability to be that person they know they're capable of being, like what does it really take? Because people are always like, it's motivation and it's action. I'm like, no, there's something else there. And I'm wondering if there's something else there for you as well. So here's the deal. I, I, I made the realization that my trauma doesn't define who I am, right? And if I play into that, I'm just a, you know, a broke kid and I, you know, got beat up. I, all the, every fight I got in, I, I lost. <laughs> uh, I'm not like you, not 6'4". I was like 85 pounds, right? At the time. Um, uh, you know, the low man on the totem pole, you know, uh, felt like, you know, my parents, you know, I know they love me, but they didn't really show it that much, you know, uh, at the time. And, and they were stressed out. And I, I think the truth is I realized that if I said yes to all that trauma, then I'm saying no to the rest of my life. Mm. And the truth is I'll be, I am not going to let that happen. Right. So I tie things to, to everything, right? I wanted to go and win and apply myself because I wanted a way out of the life that I was living, right? And every day I heard you're dumb as a box of rocks. You're, you know, you're, you're dumb, you know, and, and those, and not just, I mean, that wasn't just my father. That was just like how everybody talked to people. Everybody. Then, like, yeah. And I'm like, I would, they would say that. And I noticed myself starting to accept it just a little bit, kind of sulking back. And when I was 13, I went into my dad's room. I grabbed his 30-30 lever action rifle. And I put it in my mouth and I went to pull the trigger. And um, I just remember being like so like alone, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, in that moment. And I think it's the grace of God, even though I didn't believe in God at that point, uh, that pulled that gun out of my mouth and realized to say no more. No more am I going to let these labels affect the rest of my life. Because if I say yes to this decision, literally with a gun in my mouth, I say no to the rest of my life. But it's the same thing holding on to regret. It's the same thing holding on to past failures. It's the same thing holding on to somebody who cast a label on you and you accepted it. It's the exact same. So realize that you must say no to that so that you can say yes to the rest of your life. You can't let it define you. Yeah, I would have the goosebumps sitting here hearing that because I, I resonate with that in such a deep way, looking at 26 mm. years old, hitting this massive rock bottom, dude, just as low as I could possibly ever be. And realizing it was a truth that I had to accept that I was being exactly what everyone ever said I would be. Yeah. It's, it's what you just said, man. I was like, dude, I am literally such a loser. I'm such a loser. And, and look, that's a hard moment to have with yourself. And, and it's not about, for me in that moment, it wasn't even like I'm beating myself up about it. It's like, dude, you're a loser because look at your decisions. Look at your actions. Look at your friends, dude. Look at the people you're spending your time with. Yeah, Do you but, think that these people are ever going to grow into what they have the potential to be? Because all they're doing is getting high, snorting coke, getting drunk. And I'm like, what are you doing? And that identity I, shift is everything. 
Yeah, man, you're hitting the nail right on the head. And, and it takes a, a person with a little amount of pride or so much pain that allows it to squash the pride to say, hey, you know what? I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this right at all. You know what? It's my fault. It's not their fault. It's like whenever I uh, was growing up and I was in every learning disability class for a while, I believed they said, you're dumb. You're no good. You're a box rock. Well, no wonder I was in every learning disability cast because I was a little kid and that's what I heard. And I came from a broken home. So I'm like, I don't care to read. I don't care to apply myself in school. But when I quit listening to that, I said, no more. I dropped my pride. I dropped the labels and said, hey, let's go. Let's go. And it's like, like most people think this turnaround is not is like three years, five years. Once you get the accolade, like I'm a world champion. And I'll be honest with you. It doesn't matter. That does not matter because I will not allow a label to define the rest of my life, whether it's world champion or dumbass. Mm. I put one foot in front of the other and realize that change happened the moment you decide. The change in your life happens the moment you decide, not three years later. And when you have that in your brain, it's like, I'm winning right now just by taking the step in the right direction. Yeah. I want to go into that because I think this is really important because there are people, I, I promise you, dude, I've been doing this long enough that I know there are people listening right now who are like, these two are victim shaming. And I'm yeah. like, no, we're not. What we're doing is simply telling you the truth. And that's what people are so terrified of. There is something innately within us that wants to hide and avoid reality so that we feel safe. People ask me all the time, they're like, what does it mean to actually heal trauma? And Tyson, my answer is always this. It's to stand in your truth without apologizing for it. Yeah. And what I'm wondering is people have this notion. They're like, man, I know I can change. I believe it in me. I listen to Michael and Tyson all the time. I read the books. I'm in the courses. I'm doing all the things, but my life isn't different. Yeah. Check Why isn't their life different? Check your surroundings and who you're around. You see, when I left the Midwest, um, again, my dad and I had a knockdown drag out. Um, I, I, had, I had enough at that point, and I grabbed him by the throat, and I was choking him to death. He wouldn't even remember this because he was so out of it, right? Thank God somebody uh, pulled us apart, or else I could very well be never doing this. I could never have the family I have. I could never have anything, right? I moved almost 1,800 miles away to Washington State, as far as I could get away, for a new surroundings. I had nothing. I had very little money, enough to put gas in the tank. I had a few things I had put in the back of my pickup. I had nothing, but I was, I, I had nothing, but I was willing to do everything to get a new surroundings. Guys, if you're struggling, if this is you right now, if you're like, man, my relationships are bad. Um, I'm in a, around a bad group of people. Get out. Get out. I say it to people all the time. See, I had the ability to live that urban lifestyle and the country boy lifestyle, right? If you're in an area where there's high crime and your kids aren't having a chance and you say, well, I fit in here. I wouldn't fit in the in a rural community, bull crap. Get somewhere where you can change, where you can shift, where your family can be safe, where you can grow. Get around people that take you to the next level because here's the deal. If you don't get around those people, you're better off to be alone. And that was my journey for a long time was alone because I liked listening to Tony Robbins. I liked listening uh, to Les Brown. I loved Scott Thomas. Like I loved these. So I'm like, none of my friends like this stuff. 
have you experienced anything like that in your journey of, and not even necessarily as, as whether it be a person of color, whether it be as a man, as an athlete, as a, a poet, but as you discover who you are, what power has writing given you? You know, the older I get, I think the more, um, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that, you know, like, like sort of carrying on some of the previous ways that I was sort of answering. You know, there's ways that, you know, the, when I enter, when I'm writing something, I'm writing with a question. I'm writing and, you know, I, I write, I write about things that I do not know or do not understand. And the writing is a kind of way to engage in some way with what I do not understand. So there's a way that my writing, um, my writing life, my engagement with writing is a way of sort of coming to understand myself and other things more deeply. Um, but there's this other thing, I think, and that catalog of unabashed gratitude book, I feel like is, is beginning to sort of get. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. To that, and I have this book called The Book of Delights, where every day for a year, more or less, I wrote a short essay about something that delighted me. Um, and you know, it's a it's a full book, not just delightful because it's written by a person. Um, and one of the things that I sort of am finding more and more is that, um, I mean, a couple things. I mean, the first thing is that like in writing this book of delight, you know, I'm, I'm writing, you know, every single day, almost, I don't do everything every single day, like a job. Um, but I, one of the things that I find is I'm like, I eventually found out that, oh, my question is joy. Joy is my real fundamental question, you know, like delight is interesting and it's kind of like a segment or some kind of, some kind of participant in, participant in joy, but joy is my real question. And joy to me is like this profound and like sort of grave emotion actually. And partly it's grave because joy is, um, joy to me is like, it, it kind of, something registers as joy or you enter into joy when you're also, you're also deeply aware of the fact that we're going to die. That we're in the process of dying. And there's some kind of like holding of that understanding with each other. It requires witness, you know, profound witness that, and, and I'm saying the word with, like with, W-I-T-H, but I, I hear it. It sounds a little bit like witness, uh, which is interesting to me at this moment. 
but but there's a kind of holding each other's whatever you call that you know fleetingness passingness tenderness um which is which is soft and it is um vulnerable and it's also to me it's a kind you know it's it's this kind of reaching it's a kind of reaching that to me constitutes the reason to be alive you know what i mean and so and this is stuff that I'm sort of thinking, you know, I'm learning this in therapy and I'm learning this in conversation, but I'm also learning it and studying it in my writing. So that in a way, if I were to talk about a kind of power that I'm sort of learning about in my writing, it's in a way, it's the power. <laughs> and power is a word that, you know, I would never say it, but it's an interesting word. What I feel like I'm learning is how fundamentally, fundamentally, entangled I am with you, with everything, how fundamentally entangled we are, how we are not without each other, you know? Mm. And that, and that to me is a kind of, you know, there's all these words for it. One of the words is gratitude. To know that we do not exist, we do not exist, you know, without the tree out this window. Like, you know, without, you know, <laughs> Without the without the the biome, without what what we do not even recognize is there, we do not exist. And to sort of like inhabit this this sense of sort of perpetual oh, I'm in I'm in a kind of beautiful debt constantly, or I am beholden constantly. I am not without all of this, which is to say. And that the word for that, you know, one of the words for that is gratitude. One of the words for that is to me joy. You know? Yeah, that's that's so beautiful. I'm actually enamored by you saying that because I resonate in such a deep way because I look at the world as interconnected. And the yeah. fact that it is so much a part of our community through human connection that brings us together. And and yeah. my experience is being this this kid who was very much lost, right? Yeah. Very much on the yeah. wrong side of the track, just seeking mm -hmm. something, would find myself completely displaced by writing and deep within mm -hmm. books. And I would be the kid who would elect to take the library class in high school yeah. so that in the yeah. library, I didn't have to exist within the frames of the scope of humanity. But yeah. The irony in that is finding the joy in book reading being my connection to humans, right? Mm -hmm. And thinking about this thing as, wow, okay, these words resonate because as writers and now as a writer and looking at this and thinking about, one, the power of a challenge, the fact that you wrote every day or almost seemingly every day to create mm -hmm. something for no other reason than the fact that to create it brought you something that felt good or powerful or whatever that word might be that you would use. It's enthralling to me. Hmm. What I'm curious about, and if you don't mind, if I can push you a little bit, because I think that people would appreciate it, is how do you even step into that level of vulnerability with yourself to sit down and take the things that are on your mind and put them into a place where they exist? Not necessarily hmm. forever, i.e. on the internet, but just out of you and onto the world. Hmm. I mean, in one way, it's like, you know, there are things probably that I, that I don't you know, that I, that I keep private, of course. Um, in another way, it's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I guess as a writer, you know, part of my, part of my sort of, one of the ways that I sort of exist in the world is to like, to be like, let's, I'm going to share, I'm going to share my questions. You know, I'm going to share my questions. Um, your question is like, how do you kind of, I think your question is like, how do you 
get to that point of that vulnerability if i hear you right like or, yeah within yourself yeah i i don't know you know i'm inclined to be like in community you know i have people who i love who hold my work and whose work i hold and so people who can kind of like see what i'm trying to do and be like this is worthwhile you know these questions you know this this action or whatever this um this thing is is good you know um because i i actually you know i that that matters to me you know people i love and trust being like yeah that's <laughs> i get that. that that's good and so how like what i'm thinking in real time it's like how do you how do you even combat that it's like the same conversation around sex like it's everywhere but people don't talk about it. so how do you navigate when you're like man i'm always feeling triggered i'm always feeling in you know, hyper vigilant i always feel outside of my body but it's everywhere like, like brad what do you do man well on a societal level i think it's really difficult to to combat directly even that word i use combat it or fighting it i think that the the deepest solution the the really the only long lasting solution that's going to have a major impact is for individual men to go on their healing journeys to do their healing work and for enough men to do that work to really shift the way things are the the perspectives and you know i think things have gotten better let's say in my lifetime and and they have a long ways to go it's that's not to say we're we're almost there not by any stretch of the imagination it's like we're we're a little bit further along but there's there's a lot further to go. And I, I see the, that just individual men doing their deep healing work and really, in a sense, overcoming their individual trauma so that they don't, they don't spread it. You know, you mentioned this, this you know, the, the patterns, the cycles of violence. I, I think the, the violence that we see in some sense, it's, you know, it's all cycles that probably goes back centuries to the middle ages when things were you know ridiculously more violent than than they are now maybe even goes back further than that and the way i see it when a man experiences when let's say when a boy experiences his body being disrespected his boundaries being violated that boy learns that bodies and boundaries are not something to be that need to be respected he actually learns to do that to others and this is not to say that all boys all men who are victims of violence will go on to to commit violence and yet i'm willing to bet that there are not very men who act violently who haven't been victims of violence themselves in fact i would i would be willing to bet that it's extraordinarily rare for someone to commit violence who hasn't already been a victim of it so this is where the importance i think of doing the healing work is men you know and i'm focusing on men because that's men doing their healing work because that's who commits the most violence and who it seems to me 
uh, it's, you know, boys will be boys. The violence against boys and men is often kind of discounted or accepted. And so there's so much violence committed against men by other, other men, boys and men. And I think doing individual men doing their healing work is the way of breaking these cycles such that on both small and and large scales, this violence doesn't get committed against others and we break these cycles. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd be hard pressed not to say that part of me knows that as humans, we are prone to violence. It just is our nature. Go look at, we live in the safest time ever. This is what people don't understand. We live in yeah. the safest time ever in right. history. Humans have been so terrible to me. Like, dude, it's crazy what we've done to each other over the, the time that we've been here. And yet we live in the safest time of all time. And, and I think that there, there has to be a healthy expression of violence because boys will be boys. Like, I do think, but there has to be this healthy expression of, that's why I love sports. I love martial arts. I love the discipline involved in it. And that's how I fell into it, right? Without right. sports, without martial arts, God knows what the kind of shit I would have really started to do. Not that I didn't do some really stuff. And, and I think about that today, how it served me. Martial arts has given me discipline. It's given me the ability to, to handle really difficult moments of my life. Right. And, and also, here's what's really interesting. And I don't know if, I'm curious if your military training has given you this. Because when I learned to defend myself, I realized I never have to use it. And, and that's been this really beautiful journey for me. And getting into healing, and, and I want to go into your story a little bit more in depth here. I realized I, I was never violent physically in relationships, like intimate relationships with women. I was never violent because I saw my stepdad beat up my mom. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. My God, man, the verbal violence was unbelievable. Mm. Not only what I would say to myself, but what I would say to my partners, to my brothers, to my, even my friends. And, and it was like, I hit this rock bottom moment and I was like, you got to change everything, dude. You're, you're destroying everything in your path. And I don't think most, and I'm going to speak as a man, cause I am a man. I don't think most men realize it cause we're, we grow up believing that it's okay to be this way. And then it's reinforced through society. Like we're talking and then in your home or boiling and what? bullying, excuse me, and things of that nature. And so I'm wondering, it took a rock, but it took my life becoming a complete disaster for me to address this thing that was destroying me. And I'm wondering what happened for you. Like, what was your journey into healing? Like, where did that begin? Well, it really started in a, actually in my first marriage, it was not, it was not going well. And it was, I was really, you know, specifically looking to, you know what? I take that back. That actually is not, that was actually kind of what, what came secondarily. I was having health issues and was getting nowhere you know dealing with them on a, a in kind of a medical physical type of way it was like there's there's nothing there and i actually it was actually 
uh, a hypnotherapist who I first worked with. And it was kind of like, as soon as I just started pulling back the, you know, uh, cover on all of the, all of what I was feeling, all of the, the trauma that I just kind of like, you know, put in a box and moved beyond in some ways, at least from on a superficial level, my life looked like it was going pretty well at that point, but I didn't, I wasn't feeling that I was, uh, I was struggling and, you know, I was, I, in a sense, always been very good at keeping my life together in terms of you know, going through school, career, et cetera. So it looked like things were going well, but they, they weren't really emotionally. I was kind of a mess and it was just kind of, you know, the first, it was kind of the physical issues I was having that started to pull back the layers. And as soon as it did, it was just kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot here that I need to work, to work on. So it wasn't so much of a rock bottom for me as uh, what I was trying to, what I had put away, repressed, just finding a way to the surface, not um, not accepting the the repression, which I think is the way it you know it always is. We it's. Repression is is rarely going to be long-lasting. And in a sense, you know, I'm I'm glad it, it came out for me in as mild a way as it did when I was relatively young so that, that, that I could be forced to work on it at that point because it certainly can go a lot, a lot longer, a lot deeper. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.